Marketing Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Barker, and I've been chatting with Daniel Rodriguez, the Chief Marketing Officer at Simpler. And in the last episode, we spoke about the importance of customer experience. Today, we're going to continue the conversation and talk about how businesses can improve their customer experience. The thing is, and I agree with you, it's so funny, Amazon being that example, I mean, they bought Zappos for that exact reason, because the customer service is like, hey, and you know, kept them as their, their, their separate company. But Amazon has messed it up and was going to, I think, in a good way of like, hey, the, the reality of like, hey, guess what? We're going to give a phenomenal customer service and we're going to present to you, you know, whenever you want to get in contact, we'll be there. Right. And that's, that's hard. And the same thing with shipping, like they have Amazon now, like you literally can get something within hours and that messes everybody up in a good way. It's great for the consumer. But then what happens in my mind is I go, well, I mean, why can't you ship it to me in two hours? I'm confused. You're like, well, I don't have the distribution channel. It's like, well, then how do you get it? Like you need to get it because that's what I need it here in the next few hours. Like it's my eyeliner that I need for tonight. You know, be like, what do you mean? I don't wear a lot of eyeliner, but it's just kind of a weekend thing. But you get my point. Like, it's like kind of, you know, it's like, wait a second, what? And, and it has Amazon, once again, I think has set this precedent where people are most, that, that based off of the old model of customer service. Once again, not eight, you know, eight to five or whatever that is. And even then it wasn't phenomenal, right? Even then you're right. click here and click nine and click seven and then four and then six and then eight and 15 and four and six and nine. And then they're like, sorry, we're closed. And you're like, what just happened? Like I yes. just <laughs> an hour of like digitally pressing all this. And so, and that's awesome you guys are looking at that because I think that's a huge problem. And most businesses don't know how to adapt to that, right? I, I don't know how to make that change to be able to, to be able to offer something comparable to what Amazon's offering. Yeah. And it's not even just what Amazon's offering. I think it's like the expectation that is put in our heads that I then now go and just view the world this way. You know, th- that's why it's kind of ruined us, you know, in, in, in many ways. But you're right. I mean, I, the example that you give about um, hours, you know, it's... It's such a, that's such a brick and mortar concept, you know, yeah. it's not like, you know, almost, you know, so, so a lot of, a lot of companies, you know, they're experiencing so much more of their revenue online than they used to be. And some companies are only online, but yet there is still some of this holdover around, <laughs> you know, like holding hours as if your website is a storefront, as if, as if there is the possibility that you can put a, you know, hey, we're away for lunch or we're out for the day, you know, see you tomorrow kind of thing. Like people are shopping all over the place, all over the, all over the time zones of the world and people shop in their pajamas any time of the day. And, and it's such a strange phenomenon in many ways that we have, you know, been conditioned to think like as business owners, well, I will just you know, kind of put up my sign or, well, I will effectively turn my back on people that are in my store, you know? I mean, it would just be so much easier if consumers only had problems between eight and five. I mean, it would just be for the brand. It's like, (laughs) listen, you guys, if you could just really, really just get all your problems, like during the day when we're going to have people on the phones, because the other, you know, 16 hours, it'd be great if maybe you guys could not have problems so that you don't have to reach out to us. I think it's more of a consumer problem. I'm joking. But you know, but you, but you, but you joke about it, but really, I think that it's such a struggle for brands to actually figure this out, you know, and there is a little bit of an ostrich effect here. Like they are basically like, well, this is kind of as good as we feel like we can do. And we're going to bury our morning when we come in with a backlog of people having emailed us or tried to chat with us and we weren't available, you know, we will then try our best to respond and hope that 
we didn't lose customers and upset too many people so that they go and give us kind of bad reviews. And, you know, it is this kind of like exhausting hamster wheel, I think, that, yeah. that, that, that a lot of people are on. And of course, we as consumers can't stand when those things happen. Um, and well, we bounce. We do leave. We go and find something else sometimes. Well, and that's, I think for me, that's one of the hardest things is that, you know, I, I cause I'm pretty experienced in customer service because of businesses I've owned and stuff like that. But it's funny when I talk to companies and they're like, well, we can't do that. And it's something that I think it's not, I'm asking for the world. And I go, no, it's, it's not that you can't do that. You're choosing not to do that. There's a difference. And, and maybe it's cause you don't have the power to do that, but really at the end of the day, like you, what I'm asking for is nothing that should be out of the ordinary. You just don't have that you can't do it. But the problem is, is that, and I got to talk to a manager, talk to a manager only for you to get like just basic stuff, customer service wise. Like, you know, and so that's a problem. I can only imagine working at one of those places where it's just like all day long. It's like, I just have no power to do anything and I'm just going to take punches all day. So let me just go ahead and jump on this. Like how exciting is that? Like, there's nothing exciting about that. If you don't have some kind of leeway, like Amazon being an example or Zappos, like Zappos used to give, they were like, let's give awards to the person who's on the phone the longest. Right. Like I mean, who, who does that? Usually it's like, Hey, get them out. I don't know if they're happy or not. Just, you know, try to get your, your calls down to 30 seconds or whatever that is. That just doesn't, that just doesn't work. And I think when we talk about like that, that personalization, like personal experience, like what, like when you talk about companies, what do you think some of the issues are for some of the companies with that, that personal experience for their customers, like where they're, they're missing out on that? Like, what are the, some things that you think some of the big things that, that, that brands, when you look at them, you go, Hey, you guys are companies, you guys are missing this right here. This is parts of the part of it. I mean, I mean, I think, you know, I think a lot of people, um, they realize that they need to be there for their customers in some capacity, right? And they want to then optimize that being there in some capacity around cost. And, and, and the model squeezes out any of the actual helpfulness that you're referring to and reduces, you know, people like to talk about white glove service. Like we want to have this white glove service for our customers. And in reality, there are very few brands yeah. that, can, that can pull off true white glove service. What brands should instead be aspiring to is for there to even be a hand there at all. Yeah. Forget the glove covering the hand because in many ways there is no hand there or we've put up a, a robot mannequin to stand there in the place of people, right? I mean, that's, you know, in many ways, that's what people have done, right? There's, there's such a rush, I think, for people to say, well, we, you know, we need to have chat. And because it would be impossible for us, I mean, it's not actually impossible, but people just kind of think it's impossible for us to actually staff chat, then we need a bot because we are, you know, we are so focused on, on driving down any cost that we could have in our business that we forget what the actual benefit is there to begin with. So we have bots that, that maybe they can answer 10%, you know, of the, of, of the questions that come in, but, but leave people feeling like they're not important because once I know I'm interacting with a bot and then it can't respond to me in the way I want to. And then I'm just like stuck here with a bot, you know, I'm like tax apart. Like, you know, it's like, where, where is the help? You know, um, and, and, and so I think in many ways, you know, like, you know, personal is, you know, forget personalization, just like, I want to just, I want to just feel like I matter. I think, I think the bar is actually very low for a lot of companies. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and if we, instead of focusing on this pie in the sky aspiration, which, you know, 
ultra luxury brands that make their living on having that level of service, they need to invest in. But instead, if we just invested in not sucking, then we would be doing ourselves and our, most importantly, of course, our customers, a major service. I've got two things. So first of all, it's like, can you imagine if you're in a relationship you're like, I just want to not suck. Like I, that's like the basic, like if I just told my wife, I just want to not suck today. She'd be like, that's super awesome. Like what about excelling to maybe where you talk to me or something? I'm like, no, I've got a bot for that. The bot's going to talk to you. I want to avoid this. I mean, it's funny that it's like the bot thing and I'm, I'm not against bots, but the funny part is, is when you think about a bot, it's like, how can we still not address them? Like how, let's put a bot there. Let's put something up there that would at least get 10% of the people happy. And that way we still don't have to address the full concerns. And maybe we'll just get the bot to say all kinds of stuff to them because who doesn't love to talk to a bot, right? There's good 10,000 different situations that can happen. I'm sure we can address all of them. I mean, that thing is, is once again, is a bot better than no bot? Probably. But it, once again, does it really address that whole customer experience? You know, it, it just doesn't. Yeah, it takes care of that 10%. What about the other 90? Like, if you know it takes care of 10%, like, you're missing, like, I'm telling you that 90% of the people probably aren't going to be happy. And you're like, but let's talk about the 10% that is happy. Okay, you've made strides, but not big strides. Like, well, this isn't, you're still sucking, just so you know. Like, on the level of sucking and not sucking, <laughs> you're still super sucking. Yeah, I mean, and you, I mean, you know, we, we kind of, we, we talk about it in, in, in jest in a way, you know, but like a lot of customer service leaders, they measure CSAT scores as their kind of like bread and butter, right? Um, you know, the, the, the funny thing about a CSAT score, right, is the way that it's actually constructed. It's like an NPS score where you're actually looking at, you're kind of throwing out the stuff in the middle, you're averaging out the stuff in the top and the bottom, you know, you know, there are different ways to make a number go up and it is important that this number goes up. But one of the things I think that we just don't focus on enough is a lot of the unforced errors that are just happening on the bottom of this thing. Like what are we really talking about when somebody is super unhappy, right? And if we can eliminate those things entirely, you know, the symptom, right, you know, a ticket backlog that you have because you are unable to meet your own customers' demands of your own business is a great example because a ticket backlog means you and I have probably both experienced this. I email or, you know, I'm chatting with the brand and like, they're not there. And then they're like, hey, we'll get back to you in days, right? That is probably symptomatic of there being a backlog. And that, I don't know. How do you feel when, when, <laughs> when that happens, right? I feel terrible. I, I'm like, I'm, I'm angry. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, who wants to wait a few days? I mean, depending on what you got going on. I mean, it's like, nobody wants to wait that long. And the problem is they think, well, as long as it's within three days, we should be fine. But how is that your, how is that your blind? Like, listen, as long as they don't wait four days, that's what we're worried about. But three days are just going to be, maybe they'll forget. Maybe that's the goal. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it is once again, you said the bar is extremely low and it is, and, and it's, it needs to get better. It does. I mean, we did a, we did a, um, a mystery shop. We went out um, just a couple months ago um, and mystery shopped uh, about 800 e-commerce retailers. Um, and, you know, the average, the average um, response time on an email inquiry to a brand um, was two days. You know, it's like 48 hours. I mean, it's like, that is a long time for the now demographic to yeah. sit around and not 
shop elsewhere. <laughs> you know. Well, yeah. Well, they are. They got forty eight hours to go look. That, that's the thing too. So, give me, tell me about Simpler and like how, like, so what I want to know about is like, because we've talked about obviously the downside. We talked about we have plenty, a thousand examples of customers that are doing terrible, which is pretty much you know maybe eighty percent of the public or the people that have brands or companies. Tell us a good story about what you guys have done maybe with a company that Simpler has been and, and helped them and said, hey, listen, they were here. This is their terrible numbers. And we were able to help simplify that because you guys are really that, really the bandwidth. So somebody can e- a improve what they've got going on, but be the bandwidth for customer service. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, I, I mentioned, you know, we work with, um, we call our customers partners because we do believe it's, you know, it's a partnership and our, you know, our technology and our people are an extension you know, sure. of, of their team and, and representing the brand. So we take, we, we take that very seriously. So we, we kind of mean that when we're, when we're talking about it. Um, uh, you know, so, so Anita Bing is a, you know, is a, a luxury uh, a retailer, women's, uh, women's clothing retailer. And, um, and like many, I think, you know, companies, they experience different seasonality. So there's, of course, like the calendar year seasonality around, hey, we've got, you know, the holidays coming up or some brands have different kind of peak seasons based on the type of, the type of products, uh, the type of products that they sell. And so they need to, they need to try to make sure that they're, you know, being really responsive for their customers um, around these different peaks and valleys. And that's a, that's a real challenge for a lot of, for a lot of companies. And that's a, that, you know, that's, that's a, that's a challenge that, that, um, you know, that, that we solve um, with, with, our, with our model. Um, and so uh, Nina Bing has that challenge 52 times a year because they do a Tuesday release, um, kind of like in that, you know, the, the, the Rulala guilt group, you know, style thing, although it's, it's not about like, you know, flash discounts. But I mean, just the idea that it's like, hey, new fashion, new thing they've got coming out on Tuesday, coming in hot. And so they have a weekly peak. Um, and that makes it very difficult for for them to be able to 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 service um to service their customers because it's you know the volume you're we're seeing each other here people are just maybe listening but i'm I'm doing this spiky thing with my finger you know it's like volume is is kind of coming in and and going down and um and it's 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 a really it's a really difficult situation they have people at the company to try to mitigate this you know they're they're working they've they've got They've got a. They've got people. It's a Scandinavian brand. They've they, they've got a big house in L.A. Um, and they've got people spread out in a few places. But I mean, it was a really difficult staffing situation for them to just receive all of the all of the inquiries. So, um, so twenty four seven for them was uh, needed by their by their you know now demographic of customer. Um, but they couldn't. They they couldn't do it with their with their people. Um, so, you know, so, so we were coming in there and, um, we took their, that email first response time. We took that down by 86%, right. Wow. Um, they had, uh, a, a live chat, you know, functionality, um, but it was really difficult for them to kind of stay on top of that all the time. And, um, and, and we came along and reduced that, um, that time by 95% with the majority of their chats being answered in 90 seconds or less, you know, which is an expectation again of this generation. So we, we, you know, we say these things as if, you know, we're patting ourselves on the back, but I actually just think it's like kind of meeting the minimum requirements yeah. Yeah. that, that, uh, that customers have. And I'll say the last thing that we do, because again, it's a partnership with our, with, with our partners um, is that we are part of, you know, we, we are of their, of their team, right? We are interacting with yeah. their own customers and we are providing that feedback 
back to the company. Which um, is important, so, extremely important. <laughs> so, you know, an example of like, hey, we're, we're, seeing, we're seeing inquiries coming in that are talking about some of these, um, you know, some items that need to be restocked. Um, and that's not showing up yet, you know, in, in your back end, if you're using like a Shopify or something, you know, they're not seeing that yet. So we're bringing these insights proactively so that they can get in front of and optimize that customer experience. Because at the end of the day, you know, you don't want to just be playing defense um, with, with the support function in your business. You really want to be able to see what's going on and then turn that around so that you're kind of playing offense. So really, I mean, tell me if this is a, a correct analogy. For me, the way I see you guys, what you guys are doing is like what AWS has done for hosting. Like I remember with hosting accounts, like if you get a ton of traffic, my hosting accounts would just be like, sorry, we had to shut you down. I'm like, what do you mean you had to shut me down? Like, why wouldn't you just fluctuate with, the, with my traffic? And that's what AWS does. I'm sure there's other hosting accounts that do that. And that's kind of the same with you guys. You guys are saying, hey, listen, you have an influx of this or whatever. We'll be that that bandwidth. So you don't have to go hire people and then have them only there for one day or whatever. I mean, there's that, it's hard to be able to grow if you have those types of ups and downs. Um, and it sounds like you guys are kind of the answer to that. That's exactly an analogy that we used when, when oh, we talked to people and we haven't, <laughs> even, yeah, we haven't even talked about that, you and I, and that's exactly right. You know, this, um, you know, we, as a we are trying to align our own model that we have built to disrupt this space to what is best for our partners and our customers. And you got to solve for the customer pain. But of course, a lot of people know that they would like to solve for this customer pain, but it is completely impossible cost-wise. It, it really becomes a cost yeah. equation. They're not like, yeah, tell me, tell me something I don't know. Well, here, here's what I will tell you, right? You don't have to waste all of the money. <laughs> like AWS comes in and says, you have all of this fixed cost that is in your model that you, you don't need, all you want to do is just pay for what you're using. You don't want to pay for, you know, you know, training of people and ramp times and, and, and um, the actual physical buildings that you might need to put people in. And, and um, I mean, there's just so much caught, you know, the managers of the people, the, the forecasting that people spend money and time to do and just to figure all this stuff out and then it's wrong. And then you've got too many people or too few people and you're not, all of that is waste in the system. Yeah. And I think so many people then just view, because we're, it's like the matrix, like you're in this system. They only think that there's only one system, only one way. And so they have, they, they view their job as CX leaders as I need to then find the incremental improvements. I need to try to tweak the incremental improvements. And we're just coming in here and saying, you should eliminate them completely full stop, a hundred percent eliminate every one of those inefficiencies. If you have a customer that needs something, that is the only time you pay for something. As a matter of fact, you only pay when that situation is resolved. So you're not just paying for somebody to just stand there in place of someone who can actually help them. You are only paying for somebody to stand there and actually help somebody. So we have a per resolution pricing model for this exact reason. You can't blow this whole thing up like we're trying to if you don't meet people exactly at the point of efficiency for their business because that's, that's the real underlying challenge in many ways. I love that. I love that. It, it comes down to like, hey, once the thing's resolved, that's when you pay, which makes total sense because if not, you have people sitting in a seat and you're waiting for phone calls and then if things don't get resolved, you don't, it's hard to know. Right? I mean, obviously there's some, some things you can look at on, on the backside of things, but I think that's awesome that really you guys has to get to a certain point before they get paid. 
From the missing elements to customer service to the dependence on chatbots, we've spoken about a wide range of topics. Those were some amazing insights, Daniel. At this juncture, we're running out of time, so we'll continue talking to Daniel in the next episode. Since we're talking about customer experience, if you'd like to improve the experience of your customers on your website, you can reach out to us at shanebarker.com. Our team of experts will not only help you overhaul your entire website and improve your customer experience, but will also promote your brand through SEO, content marketing, social media marketing, and more. Stay tuned to Shane Barker's Marketing Growth Podcast. Oh, 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 oh,